Welcome to the WTJX News Feed. In today's top stories, Kyle Christopher, the man who pleaded guilty to the 2019 beating death of Aaron Benjamin Jr., was sentenced today. The Department of Veterans Affairs is warning veterans and survivors of companies employing predatory practices. The Senate Committee on Budget, Appropriations, and Finance met earlier in the week to hear testimony on Bill No. 35-0097 and Bill No. 35-0118, both aimed at beautification efforts in the territory. These stories and more on today's WTJX News Feed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX News Feed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX News Feed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. Today on St. Croix, the family of four year old Aaron Benjamin Jr. filled the courtroom of Judge Harold Willock Sr. Today would have been young Aaron's ninth birthday. Instead, Aaron's father, Aaron Benjamin Sr., his sister, grandmother, and godmother were in attendance to see Kyle Christopher, the man who pled guilty to the 2019 beating death, be sentenced to 24 years with credit for four years of time served. Fabo Ford, young Aaron's grandmother, addressed the court stating that she was not seeking revenge, but accountability for her grandson, who she called A.J., Ms. Ford identified her grandson's body at the hospital. He was burned, bitten, scarred, and bruised. She said her grandson had suffered and was hidden from his family, and the family did not accept Christopher's apology. She requested a sentence of the maximum under the law. Aaron's mother, Delicia Daniel, who was Mr. Christopher's girlfriend at the time, is currently serving a 20-year sentence after taking a plea deal in which she pleaded guilty to a single charge of child abuse in October 2021. Monica Rivera, Chief of Stakeholder Engagement and Organizational Change Management at the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, joined Dwayne Henry, who filled in on Analyze This with Neville James, to discuss reports of companies and third-party entities employing predatory practices to take advantage of veterans and their survivors. What's happening is these companies are advertising that is that only with their help you are going to be able to get the maximum amount of, of the rating or that only with their help you will, will get access to these benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, we have found out that there's been uh, companies that are trying to charge veterans up to a 40% of a retroactive payment or even for the rest of, of their lives, mm-hmm. 40% of the benefits that they will get in the future. Mm. Um, and I am here today to tell veterans and their beneficiaries, family, family members and caregivers and all of our communities that this is, this is, this is a scam. This is, this is not right. Um, in fact, the VA offers the service um, with no cost for free. You can go to one of our regional offices. You can call um, the 1-800 number, 1-800-827-1000, and you can get the assistance that you need for free. Ms. Rivera spoke on how veterans can secure their toxic exposure benefits, as well as the resources available to help file claims. The address that we have is va.gov. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're um, you're interested in a specific PACTAC benefits, mm-hmm. you can just use va.gov forward slash 
hacked. Mm-hmm. And then you'll find all the information that we're discussing here this morning. You'll find that there's plenty of information in both, um, and actually three languages, in English, mm-hmm. Spanish, and Tagalog. Mm-hmm. And you can also submit your application um, using that, that email, um, that web address. Head over to the WTJX app to listen to the full discussion. Members of the Senate Committee on Budget, Appropriations, and Finance met earlier in the week to hear testimony on Bill Number 35-0097, aimed at establishing a beautification tax credit. Sponsored by Senator Novel Francis, the measure seeks to encourage local business to work collaboratively with the Department of Public Works. This bill incentivizes corporate participation in local beautification efforts. It creates a collaboration between the Department of Public Works and local corporate partners to support a cleaner community. This is not a giveaway. The territory has historically, historically incentivized programs to attract businesses as part of its economic development strategy. This is an opportunity to build partnership between the public and private sectors in ways that reap significant economic, social, and environmental benefits for the Verzans, with the added benefits of supporting our tourism product. During his testimony, Director of the Bureau of Internal Revenue, Joel Lee, seemed hesitant of the proposal. From a technical standpoint, this bill represents an opportunity for avoidance of payment of the gross receipt tax. As written, the approved participant under subsection A2 must apply and be accepted by the Department of Public Works to clean a portion of a designated area. Is there a bidding process, a licensing requirement, and the execution of a contract? Would the participant be held to all other government vendor requirements under the procurement laws, such as registering with SAM.gov? Will Department of Public Works ensure that the participant is enrolled in workman's compensation and obtain the required insurance for this type of work. Department of Public Works Commissioner Derek Gabriel supported the intent of the bill, but did express some concerns. The Department of Public Works supports the intent of this bill, which is to utilize corporate sponsors to fund beautification efforts throughout the territory. However, we are not tax subject matter experts and will defer to the Bureau of Internal Revenue and others regarding the implications of taxes and bonds as we understand that revenues generated from gross receipt taxes are directly tied to bond obligations. My team and I are very passionate about the appearance of our roadsides, not only for the tourists who visit our territory every year, but more importantly for our residents. The department spends millions of dollars every year to maintain our roadsides, but it is very clear that more needs to be done. I believe with dedicated beautification funding, the department could transform the look and feel of our roadsides and medians across the territory. It would be a great benefit to the territory if we allowed private companies to contribute to this effort, as the money we currently receive for roadside contractors is insufficient to handle the workload on all three islands. The requirements of DPW outlined in the bill are a concern for us. Building a program of this magnitude in-house, where we will be responsible for promulgating regulations and managing the process, will require additional personnel and capacity, which we currently do not have on staff. Senator Donna Fred Gregory posed the following to Commissioner Gabriel. What is Public Works doing as a release? And what's that relationship, I guess, between Public Works and Waste Management? Because I think there is a, there's a little fuzzy line there as we discuss this, as it relates to what Waste Management is doing around that conversation and what your relationship is. 
Yeah, um, thank you, Madam Chair. So, I'm sorry, Derek Gabriel, Commissioner, Department of Public Works. So um, we do share in the responsibilities. Um, I think where the, 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 I guess, the line is, to your point, fuzzy, fuzzy is because we focus on beautification, and they more so focus on like the cleanup and picking up trash and stuff like that. I think um, more contemplation needs to be done because when the Waste Management Authority was created, we lost our ability for enforcement. The measure provides for a maximum of $1.5 million per district allocated from the Tourism Advertising Revolving Fund to be used to offset the tax credit so that there is no default on the bonds, a point Senator Samuel Carrion noted on. Like some of my colleagues have expressed, I, I do have concerns, some concerns with the proposed legislation. I think it uh, we could work it out. Um, there are some areas that need tweaking and, um, and need some more clarification. For example, um, if we are using the Tourism Revolving Fund, um, then we can pay directly from the Tourism Revolving Fund and hire contractors to do the beautification, uh, public work or waste management, establish the projects and just hire them to do the job. My concern realize, and this could be a tax loop, if we are allowing uh, corporations that uh, have nothing to do with beautification to engage in projects that they have no expertise for. Um, and if it's not really going to be a tax credit because we cannot touch um, a gross receipt because we have bond covenants, then, um, then we shouldn't even explore this measure and perhaps find another way to do it. At the end of the debate, Senator Francis moved to hold his billing committee pending further amendments with committee members agreeing with his decision. As we continue our updates, during the Senate Committee on Budget, Appropriations, and Finance meeting, Senator Dwayne DeGraff introduced Bill Number 35-0118, seeking funds for additional beautification efforts by the Waste Management Authority. Allocating $2.5 million of the timeshare environmental impact fee to the Vernon Waste Management Authority for beautification and cleanup. Uh, I, I am on a quest also, like my colleague before, Madam Chair, to clean up this territory. We have to find one way to do it or the other. And um, the, the timeshare monies, uh, based on when I checked in September of this year, was approximately four point something million dollars in that account, 4.48. And basically from what the timeshare monies came from was uh, when the bill came, I think originally $4 million out of that timeshare fund went to the two hospitals back, I think, in 2018, 2019. 21, in 2021, I think it was supposed to put aside 15% uh, of that money goes to Tourism Advertising Revolving Fund, and 85% of that fund remained to be put aside in an account which actually was supposed to pay the 8% to the government employees. When the government employees 8% was paid, the 85% of that money goes into the general fund. During the hearing, it was shared by the Office of Management and Budget Director, Jennifer O'Neill, that the amount of money into the fund is reducing with each passing year. As currently enacted, the reference law allocates 40% of the environmental infrastructure impact fee revenues collected to the general fund, 
to the Department of Tourism and 45% to a contingency reserve account for the purpose of funding a negotiated settlement called the Viesa case, so V-I-E-S-A, for fiscal years 2022 and 2023. Section 4 then reallocates 85% of the revenues collected to the general fund beginning in this current fiscal year 2024. In fiscal years 2022 and 2023, 85% of the environmental infrastructure impact fee collected was 5.1 million and 4.5 million respectively. As of October 2023, the fund balance for the VIESA contingency fund was $2.6 million after all other transfers to the Tourism Advertising Revolving Fund. It is important to note that the revenue projections for the current fiscal year 2024 operating budget included collection projections from this source based on the 85% share to the general fund previously mentioned. This proposal shifts the cost share percentage due to the general fund to slightly under 50%. I will state, however, that because this is a relatively new revenue source accessible only since the majority of the lawsuits have been resolved, along with the fact that we are using all sources of funding to make the $25 million payments for retroactive wages since fiscal year 2021, I would advise against using this as a source of funds for anything until and unless all of the retroactive wages have been paid and or the remaining lawsuits settled. Given the information in her testimony, Senator Novo Francis posed the following question. Do you have any recommendations in terms of what additional funding source may be available to support this endeavor? So, Senator, short answer is there is none. There's, there is none. Um, as you know, we just went through the budget cycle and we looked at uh, every single source of revenue collections that we had in order to, to get to a point where we could finalize the budget. At this point, there is no, is no additional funding until and unless our collections can improve. So at this point, especially this soon into the fiscal year where we have not had an opportunity to see how collections are going to go, there is no way that I can uh, um, advise on any funding source to pay anything that was not already appropriated in the fiscal year 2024 budget. Ms. O'Neill said that payment of the timeshare environmental infrastructure impact fee should be considered voluntary, clarifying that it's based on what is reported. Bureau of Internal Revenue Director Joel Lee indicated that the problem was more of a structural one. I, I do want to point out, you know, our as this specific revenue source is tied to timeshare owners. Mm -hmm. I did want to point out that, you know, the market is changing. We did lose a timeshare base on St. Croix. So um, that is going to you know, add to the deficit for this line item of revenue. Senator DeGraff moved to hold the bill in committee at the call of the chair. The Department of Planning and Natural Resources will reveal two-dimensional sketches during town hall meetings as next steps towards the drafting of a comprehensive land and water use plan for the territory. Getting information on the meetings, we spoke with Commissioner Jean-Pierre Oriol.
We begin in St. Croix on November 7th. That's next week, Tuesday. Then we will go to St. Thomas on Thursday, the 9th, and then St. John on November 13th. The very first meeting, we were asking for what people's wants were. We wanted to make sure that we captured, you know, where they felt green spaces needed to be either uh, maintained or expanded some of their park areas. What areas of uh, historical significance needed to be uh, captured, preserved, and maybe enhanced. The second meeting, we were dealing with policies from a high, high level, a 30, kind of a 30,000 foot level, but these development and guiding policies would then influence how we pursue development. These types of things were gathered during the first two meetings. And now this is the first time we're actually going to have a visual representation of what that looks like in areas that people are all familiar with. The visualizations developed for the meetings can be viewed online at www.planusvi.com. The meeting on St. Croix will be held Tuesday, November 7th at the UVI Great Hall from 5.30 to 7.30 on St. Thomas on Thursday, November 9th at the Columban Hall Holy Family Church from 5.30 to 7.30 and on St. John Monday, November 13th at the Sprung Structure in Coral Bay next to the fire station from 5.30 to 7.30. A question and answer session and a small table discussion about the drawings will follow after the presentations. For more information, summaries on prior town halls, and to join the email list, visit planusvi.com. The Virgin Islands Police Department postponed their annual trunk or treat this past weekend due to inclement weather in the territory. VIPD Public Information Officer Kishma Chichester has the details. The trunk or treat for both islands will now be held simultaneously on Saturday, November 4, 2023, from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Trunk or treat on St. Croix will be held at the Mall of St. Croix, formerly Kmart West Parking Lot, and on St. Thomas at the West Indian Company Limited. We are excited to see all the fun costumes and to create a memorable experience for all trunk or treaters. Thank you to all our participants and sponsors for their hard work. Additionally, the Virgin Islands Police Department is issuing a reminder to the public that permits are required for parades, marches, or rallies in the territory. For more information, individuals can call the Chief's Office at 340-774-2211 on St. Thomas or 340-778-2211 on St. Croix. In more community news, the University of the Virgin Islands Association of Black Journalists has announced the third annual Journalism Summit. We spoke with Dr. Sharon Honoré, Associate Professor and Faculty Advisor for the Association. Each fall, the last few years, our students have invited guests, local guests, and um, people from the states to come in and give us um, an overview of journalism as commonly. And so this year, our theme is Media Matters, Navigating a Changing Landscape. So what we're looking at is Again, the media itself and how it's changing and how students are uh, are graduating and people that are actually in media, what are they doing to get around this landscape as far as um, all the different technologies that are being used, you know, and YouTube and um, Twitter, TikTok. So we actually will have six sessions, 
one and the, it will start on Friday, November the 10th from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. And it'll last about 55 minutes. And then, we'll go, and then Saturday, we will have a session at 9.45. The rest of the sessions will go until 4.30. So they last about 55 minutes. We have different people who've invited to uh, participate. And they can join the uh, Zoom, or we'll actually have two uh, classes open on both campuses. So they can come to the campus and, and do an in-person session, or if they would prefer to log on, then we have a Zoom link for them to log on to. Dr. Anna Ray continued. They can call me at 225-326-4514. It's 225-326-4514. Or they can uh, send us an email, ubi.abj at gmail.com. For those interested in participating, go to at uvi.abj on Facebook or Instagram for more details. As we move through the news feed, we turn now to our regional report. Police in Puerto Rico arrested at least 380 people on Tuesday in the department's biggest crackdown on crime in recent years. Police Commissioner Antonio Lopez said 12 gangs dedicated to the sale of drugs and weapons were targeted after receiving tips from residents who had complained about violence in their communities. Police also seized 78 firearms and more than 50 vehicles and nearly $100,000 in cash, along with a variety of unspecified drugs. Reporting to the AP News, Police Colonel Carlos Cruz said that among those arrested were couples, families, and women who ran criminal organizations linked to various killings on the island. The FBI and other federal agencies were involved in the operation. As we move through the news feed, we turn now to the territory's weather forecasts. Here's the latest look at the short-term forecast for the Virgin Islands. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. At St. Croix, clouds will continue to increase this afternoon. There's the chance for scattered showers mainly towards sunset. Temperatures will climb into the upper 80s to near 90. Winds remain from the east at 15 to 20 miles per hour with gusts as high as 25. At St. Thomas and St. John, we'll find more in the way of sunshine. The risk for showers a bit lower too. Temperatures will climb to near 90. Winds from the east at 15 to 20 with gusts as high as 25, mainly towards sunset. Tonight, any scattered showers early will give way to partly cloudy skies at St. Croix. Temperatures will fall back into the middle and upper 70s. Winds from the east at 15 to 20 miles per hour. At St. Thomas and St. John, a few stray showers may linger near midnight. Otherwise, it's partly cloudy. Lows will fall back into the upper 70s to near 80. Friday features a partly sunny day at St. Croix with scattered showers in the afternoon. It is warmer. Temperatures will climb into the lower and middle 90s. Heat index values into the upper 90s and near 100. At St. Thomas and St. John, we'll find scattered showers in the afternoon. Under partly sunny skies, temperatures are similar in the lower to middle 90s. Heat index values as high as 100 in the afternoon with more sunshine expected as we go through the weekend. That's the latest look at your short-term forecast. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We are at the end of today's WTJX newsfeed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. Be sure to download the WTJX app. And if you missed a part of our news, listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We now return to All Things Considered.